thank you so much. And yes, I completely agree that we as Africans need to start right where we are with the resources that we have. And we shouldn't wait for um, some, someone else from another country or from another state to come in and help us. We know our problems, so we know how best to mm. solve them. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that you came back to your country to help. Because one of the challenges also is that when a lot of Africans, we see um, countries outside of Africa as places where there's greener pastures. But um, I believe that the grass is green where you water it. And a lot of Africans have this misconception that when they go outside and they get the resources, they need to work there. They should not bring it to their own country. Mm -hmm. And so that is also one of the things that is really hindering African progress because a lot of Africans really go outside and then they gain the skills, they gain the expertise, and then they end up staying there and developing someone's country whilst mm. their own countries are left the same. And so finally, my question to you is that what really inspired you to come back, aside coming to um, help your community, what do you think that um, really moved you to come back to South Africa and decide that I want to help these young ones? And I really know that um, the grass is greener where you water it. What is one of the things that inspired you? Maybe a person, maybe something that, an experience that you have, if you kindly share it with us. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. One thing that inspires me is the African Association. I believe that we young African leaders, we need to build our communities. We need to build African associations. One of them is Pan-Africanism. If we as young African leaders can have, can have strong relationships at this early stage of our journeys in leadership or our, at this early stage of our careers, if we can build the strong relationships and, being, and build strong organizations or foundations whereby even other young leaders across the continent can be inspired by our own Pan-Africanism or aid organizations. I believe that you can build Africa. I am inspired by leaders like Kwame uh, Nkrumah, Julius Nyerere, Mangaliso Sobugwe, and all the other leaders whom, whom in their time discovered their mission and how they wanted to change Africa. And, that, and, and at that point in time, they were very young. I'm also a young leader who, in, who is inspired by them. And I believe that in my young age, I can change Africa. We if we can come together, if we can unite as Africans, I believe that we can change Africa. If we can inspire one another, we can change Africa. If you and I can build our communities, I believe that everyone will join in. We'll have one strong Africa, which is inspired by our pan-Africanism, which is, which is inspired by African unity. Thank you. So I draw my inspiration from African unity, pan-Africanism, and the fact that we young African leaders have the ability to change our continents. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, we have the ability to change our own continent. Thank you so much for sharing with us. And um, so for those who are now joining us, we just have from our speaker, Mr. Zedinkaha, who is from South Africa. And the one thing I took from what he said was, we Africans can build our own country. We can start right where we are. We are young and we can really pull the resources together and do something for ourselves before we even ask for external aid when we need it. 
So for all those who are joining us now, thank you so much. And thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing these insights with us. We are very, very grateful. And so um, we shall move on with the next itinerary for the conference. Now we have our second speaker and um, sharing his screen now. Madame Fatma Abdelaziz. She is the president and founder of the Egyptian Diplomatic Fund. And she has several, several, several laurels and awards from universities that she has worked with. She is currently the International Relations Ambassador from the Canadian Science Organization and the Canadian Strategic Research Institute. She is the Egyptian Youth Representative for Women in Sustainable Development 2030. He is also a member of the Youth Committee of the Egyptian Media Forum, an advisor to the Anti-Corruption Committee of the Egyptian African Council. Now, Madame Fatima has been honored from the Arab Women, which is a creativity festival. And she received this award by Ambassador Mohammed Al Drabi, who is the former Egyptian Foreign Minister. You're very welcome, Madame. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, thank you. Uh, I hope that uh, the conference uh, will succeed. Uh, we, uh, the youth of Africa, uh, we be, uh, will be the uh, cues change for uh, the future. Uh, and I believe in that. Uh, I hope that uh, we will uh, always be uh, one hand uh, to achieve success. Uh, for our uh, continent, uh, because uh, the interest of the uh, continent of Africa uh, is one uh, in countries. Uh, thank you, uh, everyone. Uh, um, I love you all. Thank you. So, Madam Fatima, I have um, one or two questions that I would love to ask you if you could please um, share your insights. So I asked our previous speaker what he thinks about Africa and the SDG, the current state of Africa and the SDG. What does he think that um, Africans can really do to be able to achieve the sustainable development goals for 2030? Now, Madame, you have also been in this field for a while and you have a lot of experience and would like to draw from this experience. Please tell us, what do you think is the current state of Africa and really us achieving the SDGs? What do you think that we are lacking? Or what do you think that as Africans we need to do to be able to achieve the 2030 Sustainable Development Goals or to achieve the Sustainable development goals by 2030. Please, Madam, we have the floor. Thank you so much.
So it seems that um, Madame Fatima is having some technical challenges. So we will move on to uh, Mr. Zelenhaha, and he has something to tell for us on Africa and the SDG. And so I'd like to give him the floor so that he can share with us what he has to say about Investment 2030, uh, Africa and the SDG. Sir, please, you have the floor. Thank you. Mrs. Elinghaha. Please, you have the floor. Kindly share your speech with us. Okay, so it seems um, he's also facing some technical challenges. So we'd like to move on to the panel discussion. Now for, So I early on introduced um, our panelists. I shared their profiles for all of us to know them and see them. And so I'll briefly take us through for all those who are now joining us. We have Madame Deborah Adewali. She is from Nigeria. She volunteers for several organizations, including EIE Nigeria, Junior Chamber International, She's currently the state coordinator for the Young African Leaders Initiative, Yali Ogun State. And she hopes to help other people develop themselves. And as she has trained over 2,500 youth, ranging from youth in business, religion, and corporate organizations. You are very welcome once again, Madame Deborah. 
to our next panelist. We have Mr. Safiu Alam, who is from Bangladesh. He is the CEO of Echo Universe Limited, which is in Bangladesh. He is also the finance, finance coordinator for SEIP project in the Finance Division, Ministry of Finance, Bangladesh. He is a progressive professional and he has worked with several organizations to for managing financial and accounting operations to developing financial strategies for his country. You're very welcome, sir. To our next panelist, Mr. Max Amani. He is from Uganda. Mr. Max is a professional economist and he's also the program director at Northwind Foundation. He is a venture He is a Venture Advisory Board member of the United Social Ventures. Mr. Max is currently taking part as a researcher in the Youth Asian Researchers COVID-19 Response to UNESCO Global Initiative on COVID-19. You're very welcome once again, sir. Now to our final panelist, Mr. Ikramula, who is from Afghanistan. He is the founder for Youth for Change. He is a researcher. He is an MUN player, a debater. He is so many things, including a motivational speaker. And he is an active member of the Active Citizen Program, which is organized by the British Council. He has been a serial volunteer for organizations, including the Nangaba University Peace Center since 2018. You're very welcome, sir. Thank you all for joining us. So we will quickly move on to the panel discussion. So for this session, um, we can go in the order which I read your names or which I read your profiles, or you can choose to come in um, as and when you're ready to answer. So our first question for our panelists are, which of the goals do you think, um, from your experience, from your knowledge, from your expertise, which of them do you think have been the most successful? Um, you can base this on your country. So, for example, Madam Deborah, who is from Nigeria, um, from the situation in Nigeria, which of the goals do you think that your country has been most successful at achieving? Um, sorry. Um, please, did you all hear my question? Yes. Um, yes. So whoever is ready, please go ahead and answer. Thank you very much. 
Um, can I can I come in now? Please, uh, Madam Deborah, please you can call me now. Thank you. Sure. Okay. Um, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. And um, this is me saying hello and um, thank you for coming on board to all other speakers and panelists. Pertaining to the question you asked, um, well, first of all, I want to also give you kudos for having a very beautiful moderation since we started. So going back to the question you asked, uh, well, for me, I believe that when you want to measure the success metrics of each country aligning with the SDGs, then we have to be very factual with ourselves and know that the, the success metrics really vary and is really, really um, different when it comes to um, measuring what has happened in each country. Well, for Nigeria, we, we would say that um, a lot of things are being promising. Um, there's been a lack of coordination. I won't lie. There's been a lack of coordination, um, especially with SDG actors, the regional level, the national level, the local level for coming together to actually achieve the goals. Most people are actually not even still aware what the SDGs are. In fact, it won't be surprising for me any longer to um, you know, walk up to maybe a COP member, a graduate, a master's order, and ask them what's the SDGs. In fact, a lot of them don't even know, not stuck of knowing what the MDGs were. So there's still a very, very much um, um, visible gap in terms of measuring what the success has been. But then um, good health and, um, which is the goal three, yeah, goal three, good health and well-being has, has been on a very high rise. Uh, um, if I'll be factual with ourselves because there's been a lot of a lot of clamor for for uh, having good healthcare systems in terms of um, not just even private institutions, but also getting for the welfare of the people because poverty is something that continues to hit deep into the system. But then, while that is going on, I mean, while we are still trying to assume that we are working towards, we are all you know, having something reasonable towards the goal three, then we also need to know that in achieving goal three, there's been a very large gap with the other goals, like goal nine, which, you know, talks about the social inclusiveness, having social structures, infrastructures, and all of that that's actually supposed to contribute to the goal. So in a nutshell, in a nutshell, there's not been one goal that we would say that, okay, we've been able to achieve this goal very well. But then there's, there's been a, a little bit of achievement in different angles. And we are hoping that once there's, a, once there's a synergy from each of the levels of government and once there's a synergy from even the youth, yes, synergy from the youth, uh, people not just assuming that NGOs are meant to be private business, them understanding that it's actually supposed to be um, a, a synergy thing where people come together for the benefits of others and not just not just for the benefits of yourself and your social media pages you know to to boost your handles and your profile and all of that so it's way more than that it's really way more than that so basically we've not been able to achieve one particular goal uh, but then there's been, been a little bit of success stories around each of the goals from individuals and young people in Nigeria so from Nigeria, where there is um, lack of coordination, I would like to quickly move on to Bangladesh, to Mr. Safiong, and I would like to ask you, sir, the same question. What do you think is the success of any one of the 
sustainable development goals in your own country. Um, please enlighten us. Mr. Alam. Hello. Hello. A good evening from Bangladesh. Good evening, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. yeah. So I asked my question. To meet this Thank you. And Vision 2030, South Africa and the SDG. Please go ahead. Okay, yeah. So I asked um, this question, I threw this question to the entire panel that um, what do you think is the success rate of any one of the sustainable development goals in your own country? So for example, sir, in Bangladesh, what do you think or which of the goals do you think that your country or your organization has been able to achieve or are getting closer to achieving in your own country? Okay, thank you very much for your question. Uh, the SDG, it's a broad term in the global perspective. In context of Bangladesh, uh, the government of Bangladesh are trying to achieve the or touch the every aspect of 17 goals. Still, there are so limitation in government different bodies, different departments. There are still uh, some progress, uh, like climate change, good health, but still there are lack of various information, financial resources, technical expertise, uh, youth development expertise, as well as uh, different uh, government departmental uh, official capacity, to embrace the SDGs, to realize the SDGs, to identify the problem of SDGs, to identify how we can align our works with SDGs, how we can uh, make our plan, our action to achieve the SDGs. Uh, still, uh, there are so many groups are working, uh, how we can align our works, how we can plan our works, how we can uh, introduce the problems of SDGs in our youths, in our uh, community, in our uh, overall of the Bangladesh. In terms of uh, uh, Envision 2030 and the Africa and SDG, uh, I would like to say uh, some of my views. What uh, should the people of Africa there are so many countries in Africa, but the main things first to know the people of Africa. There are many problems uh, in Africa. There are many opportunities in Africa. There are many working opportunities in Africa. We have to first know as an individual, as an individual, I have a vision. Individual vision should connect the envision 2030. If I have, as an individual, I have no vision, I connect the envision 2030. If my personal vision, if an individual vision with an individual yes vision, how I can uh, help my community, how I can develop myself, how I can skill myself. If I don't skill myself, if I don't 
learn something myself if i don't uh, acquire knowledge myself then i can't help anybody i can't help my community i can't help my youth i can't help my government then i first uh, where i get this opportunity i first want to say everybody first uh, enrich the knowledge yourself if you embrace the knowledge if you practice to learn every day a little bit about sdg if you uh, enrich your knowledge then you can help others if you can't know everything otherwise you can't help everybody so one should first know what what he want to do what he should to know how he or she can help herself himself his family his community or her community and her government that is why the first thing is should know how i can contribute how i can contribute this is the first thing if you want to contribute anywhere to anybody then i have to first learn what i should contribute if we know the sdg in details and what action we can take then we have to uh, first build ourselves if every individual of africa every youth of africa should know should develop him or herself first then the africa will develop without personal develop without individual develop we can't develop the africa we can develop the uh, individual country that's why uh, my first recommendation to youth of the africa youth can change the world youth can make a big difference but they should first develop themselves then they can help to achieve the sdg to develop the africa to develop the nigeria to develop the uganda to develop the tunisia to develop the egypt if we can't develop individual level we can't we develop anything this is the my view wow thank you so thank much. you very much if we can't develop ourselves as individuals then we cannot develop our country as africa wow and so yeah. moving on from nigeria where there is um, lack of synergy and bangladesh where we need proper planning we would like to go straight to uganda to hear from um uh, mr nat who will also share with us what he thinks or what you think that um uganda has been successful in doing towards achieving the sustainable development goals how far do you think uganda has come thank you sir you have the floor thank you so much uh nestina and the entire team for organizing this noble event and um, i am so privileged and honored you know, to be here uh, to be part of this noble discussion uh, so um regarding like your question Uh, about uh, what Uganda you know has done so far of course uh, like uh, 
I agree with Deborah. Like, there's no one single, you know, SDG which has been fully achieved, uh, at least uh, across the entire African continent. But uh, there's work in progress. So I'll point out uh, at least where there's, you know, uh, work in progress, which is clearly already, you know, seen uh, with the results. And um, I say in regards to Uganda, particularly, there have been a lot of progress uh, made towards uh, certain SDGs, for example, you know, gender equality. Uh, there has been a lot of um, laws made, actual work on the ground, like a lot of results being made towards achieving uh, gender equality. And that is not only in Uganda, we are actually looking at it across the board that now uh, in East Africa in particular, like we have got the very first East African uh, female president for, in history. So that's already like a milestone. Uh, much as it came in its own format, but then it looked, it's still an achievement, uh, you know, we can register. And I must say that in Uganda, in, if such a, a scenario happens, uh, that uh, our president, uh, uh, God forbid, you know, passes on, according to our laws, the Speaker of Parliament takes over the, 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 to be the president. And it so happens to be the lady. So our Speaker, we have the very first Speaker who is a female president, I mean, a female Speaker in history. Uh, which and she has been in, uh, in the speakership position for like over two terms. So you can see the progress that's being made, you know, towards gender equality. You know, uh, it's visible now. You know, every office you go, most of the uh, managerial positions are taken over by uh, ladies. You know, and um, they welcome uh, people are welcoming the idea. They are seeing the results that uh, what they have been missing actually. You know, so the whole country is. I'm actually excited about it. There's no opposition about uh, 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 such happening. So I see like that's one of the milestones, you know, we have been able to uh, have visible results. But when you also look at other SDGs, for example, this SDG is talking about innovation and improvement of infrastructure. Uh, so ever since COVID-19 came, it has also presented its own challenges, but also it has given us a phase of seeing how we can actually solve problems, you know, we need uh, in a, with an innovative way. Uh, most of the people came out, you know, to innovate things uh, on how to uh, uh, give people services in the face of lockdown and the face of uh, limitation in physical interaction, which was not there before. So I can see that uh, we have registered actual progress in most innovative the businesses which have come up because of the, the innovations being made for example how do you be able to access a, 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 a medical services without actually physically visiting the hospital you know to, 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 to get, give your case yeah. but then also people innovated you know the the yeah. things to use for example the the, the uh, hand sanitizers and and so on and so on but even before that Uganda generally has registered one of the you know, biggest innovations, for example, in transportation, in transportation sector. Uh, I can cite one example of like safe border, uh, like how do you able to transport yourself from one place to another using a motorcycle without you actually uh, using the app, you know, to just get the safe, the trans, someone can't pick you from where you are in a motorcycle and take you somewhere. So I can say there is um, work in progress. Uh, let me talk of collaboration, uh, SDG oh. 17. It is partnership for goals. Unlike Nigeria and Uganda, there's a lot of progress in that line because uh, recently 
I am beginning to see a trend of more willingness to collaborate to achieve the sustainable development goals. Um, I will give you a scenario of United Nations Development Program, UNDP, in partnership with the government of Uganda through the office of the prime minister, actually entrusted the uh, uh, Uganda SDGs fellowship, you know, to work in collaboration, that collaboration between the youth movement, the government body, and the UNDP, who is in charge of the SDGs, actually, was like a, a milestone for us, like that, you know what, the youth are the majority, and then we need them on board, but then let's use the structures which are existing uh, uh, in that line to be able to, to, to take the services down the line. So I can see a lot of willingness to collaborate, a lot bringing you know, youth on board uh, who are the 78% majority in Uganda in particular. And uh, of course, uh, this comes with finding already people who are already organized, you know. So it calls for us for youth. If we need something, they cannot come to you individually, you know, but we need to mobilize ourselves and be like, this is who we are. This is what we need. This is what we have done. And this is what we are lacking, yes. So to move forward for us to achieve this. But also information themselves, like the flow of information about what are sustainable development goals. There's a lot of progress being made. Uh, just mere having this, you know, call, uh, this uh, noble discussion already gives you, a, you know, a, a picture of that. You know what? We are now picking interest. Yeah? Yeah. And by nature, human beings can always work towards something they know, like, most of us knew that we have this call today at this time. We made sure we put aside all our assignments to be here on this day. So it's the same with SDGs. Once we disseminate this information and people know what are sustainable development goals, what are they up to? Uh, so that they align themselves with these goals. For example, if someone is working in the sector of education and they know there is SDG regarding education, so they will be able to work their way towards achieving it. So for me, I think uh, that is my biggest recommendation actually of the day, that uh, once we are, we are trying to solve this, you know, we cannot solve what people don't know. You know. We cannot achieve what people don't you know, the targets people don't know. So information flow, you know, and I will focus on the youth since they are the majority in the entire African continent. So once we have more youth speak more about the the SDGs, know more about them. Environment around them will, by default, get to know. Their friends, their family, by default, will get to know. So I appreciate, you know, this uh, 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 team for coming up with this initiative so that we can share insights, deepen our understanding of what is going on from other countries in the continent and across the globe. And then, you know, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for... This very insightful, insightful, um, I couldn't agree more. I believe that, and I know that it's a fact that in Africa, they used to hold the majority. And so from what you said, if Africans are able to mobilize the youth, if they let them understand, because most of the youth, they said, oh, SDG this, SDG that, but they don't really know what it entails. They don't really know what the effect of not achieving these SDGs. So for example, in your country, you said you are really tackling gender inequality and you have a president who is a female. And now because of that, I've realized that so many countries are following suit. So now there's so many countries who are adapting or who are looking at people more as their capability more than their gender. 
So they're viewing people more as what they can do than who they are physically or what they present physically. So I believe that from what you said, um, gender equality, um, and it's great that the, the, your country is very innovative because um, innovation really brings a lot of development in our country. So thank you so much. And the youth are the future leaders and teamwork makes the dream work. And so collaboration is really the way to go. Thank you so much uh, for sharing with us. And so quickly moving on, uh, we'll go straight to Afghanistan to speak to Mr. Ikram. And so sir, I asked the, pan and the panel, the entire panel, what do you think that in your country, Afghanistan, what do you think is being done towards achieving SDGs? How far do you think Afghanistan has come? What do you think that um, you are progressing at? So please, you have the floor. Kindly share with us. Thank you, sir. Uh, okay, thank you. First of all, I would like to say uh, hi to all of you and good evening from my side. And then uh, thank you from you that you have been conducting a good uh, on, uh, conference that involved all from all the nations, such as from Bangladesh, from Africa, and from Afghanistan. So I would like to say it's a good initiative uh, step to achieving SDGs. So all of the world. So let me uh, go through your uh, question that what Afghanistan have done. So first of all, as you know, Afghanistan uh, continue passing challenge, a major passing uh, challenge from last 15 or last uh, 20 years that Afghanistan has been in war. But uh, that it's an our pleaser, this in our uh, our youth pleaser that from last 15 years that once when the SDGs uh, 17 SDGs was announced for the whole world. So on that time, on 2018, only 10% Afghan youth know about SDGs. But in 2020, the research has been uh, conducted in Afghanistan in, in, universities to, in university students. So more than 75% they know, they know the basic knowledge that what is uh, SDGs. So they are working on SDGs to achieve what the, what the world is, what the world is going on. So yeah, so I think that knowing knowledge of the SDGs on youth, what they have. So I think it's in a big achievement by Afghanistan that more than 75% of youth know that what are the SDGs. And Afghanistan government had, has done a lot of work for achieving the SDGs. And now, up to now, that I checked the Minister of uh, Economic, that what, uh, how many percent of SDGs achieved? So 17% of the whole SDGs achieved, especially the gender equality. You know, uh, before 2015, uh, only 13% of uh, girls, women goes to universities, schools. But now, in two, in 2020, there are more than 7 million uh, uh, students in school, boys and girls. So I think, I believe it's in a big number in the, in the world, but it's in a big number in Afghanistan that 7 billion people, a million people are going to school. They are from uh, boys and girls. And what, one big achievement is that the gender equality. So I believe 
without our gender equality, we cannot achieve the goals. So Afghanistan is trying to achieve the goals through gender equality, through quality educations. Uh, let me remind that uh, the Afghanistan government provide uh, quality education for their youth, for their nations. So if you want to continue education, so here in Afghanistan, BA degree is free. So I think achieving the good quality education, the this step that Afghanistan government uh, taken an initiative step that the BA degree is here is one more thing that I believe that me personally, my organization, Youth for Change, working with you, without our youth, without our unity, we are nothing. If we want to achieve our goal, if we want to achieve a, we work as a team. As uh, it said by a great, uh, great scholar, teamwork, together everyone achieve more. Teamwork, unity, we have to achieve. And I believe that we have to work on our youth, American government, American youth should work as well as on one unity and they should achieve the goal, that unity, and they should collaborate each other. Just in, Afga in, in our Afghanistan youth, they are doing, they are collaborate with each, each, each other and they are supporting each other. They are giving voice to the voiceless to speak what they want, to speak for, for their rights. So I think, I believe, if we work on youth, we work on unity and give idea that we have to strong, we are enough strong, we should work for ourselves. There is a no one in the world that they come to us, they will build our country, they will build for everything. If we want to a successful country, if we want to achieve our goal, we have to work on first work on ourselves, then work on our friends, and especially that I believe that we have to work on youths. So, mm -hmm. in my personal ideas, that American uh, Uganda, Nigeria, they should work, collaborate with each other, mm -hmm. should support each other to achieve the goals. And thank you once again for giving a chance to speak in front of you. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much. And from your conversation, I gather that Uganda, um, Afghanistan is gradually progressive. You are always uh, putting things in place to make sure that these goals are being achieved. And I think that is a wonderful thing that we all strive towards progress and really unity amongst the people, people having the same vision, people doing where they're going is really the way to go. Quality education, letting people know as um, some of our previous panelists have said, informing them, letting them know about the goals and really educating them on how to achieve these goals. And collaboration is also one key thing that Africans we need to adopt so that we can address these goals. Thank you so much to everyone, to all the panelists. Thank you so much for all your insights. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us from Afghanistan um, to Uganda to Nigeria. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much, there. And so we'll um, quickly move on to now talking about Africa and SDG. There are some people who have been doing a great job at helping to achieve these goals. Now, at this conference, we'd like to celebrate 30 people who were chosen. Now, we'll begin with the first 15, and after we'll take a, another panel discussion, and finally, we'll build 
the remaining 15. So please be patient with me as I share the screen for us all to see these young ones and really acknowledge them for the work that they're doing. Thank you. So TLA would like to celebrate these people for all the great work that they're doing towards achieving the sustainable development goals. Now the winners who have access to the TLA community where they'll be able to learn and be equipped more to be able to achieve these goals better, they'll be recognized as we are doing here. They will also receive personal development and professional development resources to help them in the work that they do. So without much ado, I'll quickly move on and start acknowledging these people. So these people were chosen from across Africa. You can see Nigeria, Sierra Leone, Kenya, Zimbabwe, South Africa, Gambia, Malawi. So the first two people, Mr. Idris Chotunde, who is from Nigeria, he is the founder of Excel Mind. Mr. Benson Kande, he is from Sierra Leone. He is the CEO of Echo Water Solutions. Mr. Ayanda Kubeka, he is from South Africa. He is the founder and CEO of Amasubode Foundation. Madame Delight Getri, she is the founder and executive director of Shepherd Trust. Madame Atibong Owaki. Apologies for if I mentioned your name um, wrong. Um, I apologize for that. And Madame Atibong, she is the executive director of Flourish Heart Foundation. Madame Mary Mumo, she is the founder and chairperson of Build Her Confidence Initiative. Mr. Akinola Stevens. He is the founder of The World Today, and he is also the member of Youth Participatory Platform. Mr. David Kayode, he is the executive director of Ekiti Parapo Youth Empowerment Organization. Madame Mwaka Malaika, she is the executive director of Foundation of Peace and Support Organization. Madame Feva Ojo, she is the president of Sustainable Development Club. Mr. Yaha um, Sowe, he is the regional director of African Youth Architects. Mr. Carlos Julie, he is a communications officer. 
Mr. James Amara is the founder and executive director of Blue Green Environment Initiative. Ambassador Rukaya Mohammed, she is the founder of Nigerian Youth Climate Network. Mr. Stanley Anyebobu, he is the founder of Aritekat Nigeria. Madame Temilolua Oyeniyi is a volunteer with Haiti Health Initiative. And to our final pair of winners, we have Mr. Bryce Aranut. Odragogo. He is the country director of African Nations United. And finally, Mr. Olajide Ojeniyi is the founder and principal strategist of Jennings Creation. Now, TLA would like to celebrate all these people. And as I mentioned early on, there are a few more that we'll mention after our um, next session we'd like to celebrate each and every one of these youth for the great work that they are doing and the great work that they continue to do we say thank you so much for contributing your efforts for contributing your time for contributing your resources to build africa and to tackle the sustainable development goals that we hope will be achieved by 2030 so these are tla's uh, winners for the SDGs. 30 under 30. Thank you all so much. And so we'll move on to the next itinerary for the conference. We shall continue with our panel discussion. Thank you. So if you're now joining us, we have just announced the first 15 winners of the 30 under 30. Um, that's TLA's selection of the youth who are really doing a great job at, at achieving the sustainable development goals for Africa. And we had a panel discussion with our esteemed panelists, Madam Deborah, Mr. Max, Mr. Sefin Jaha, uh, Mr. Ikram, and we had beautiful conversations where we discussed the goals that are being achieved in their country and the progress so far. Now, we'd like to ask them one last question, and we'll be glad to receive from their well of wisdom and um, experience. Now, we all know that when the coronavirus began, it really posed a lot of challenges on not only the sustainable development goals, but really our mental health, everything about us as Africans and even the entire world. We started facing challenges that we thought were not there or challenges that were there, but we did not really act. And so my question to the panel is, when the coronavirus started or since it has begun, what are some of the challenges that it has posed on your work that you are doing because we know that all our panelists 
are really contributing greatly to achieving the sustainable development goals. So kindly, anyone who is available can have the floor. What are some of the challenges that the pandemic posed on your country or on your work as an SDG contributor? And what do you think that your country or your organization or you as an individual can do to scale through these challenges so that we can come out um, fruitful so that your work can make more impact. Thank you so much. You have the floor. Uh, okay, thank you. Uh, first of all, I would like to answer the questions by permission you and my colleague uh, and panelist. So during COVID-19, uh, as you know, uh, I would like to talk about uh, in my own country. So as you know, our country is also coming uh, on those countries, uh, the people are very poor. So yeah, the, 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 it was in a big challenge for our people. They lose their jobs. Uh, they didn't have enough money to buy their food for themselves. And you know, uh, it was also in a, a, a holy month of Ramadan on that time. And Afghanistan government also announced lockdown so no one was allowed to go for uh, for their works so yeah uh, our people also faced this challenge that they was uh, under uh, under the food problem so our uh, our organizations and our team uh, work with the NGOs that provide uh, food to our people especially those people who didn't have access to uh, works and they lose their job. So yeah, uh, more than 2 million people in Afghanistan, especially in Nangrahar districts, uh, one of the provinces of Afghanistan. Um, here we done a survey, we go through their homes and provide uh, their uh, best need, basic need that what they need for their food. As you know, in holy month of Ramadan, uh, there is uh, the people uh, look, uh, people fast. So yeah, uh, we go through their homes and give them uh, their basic need foods. As you know, uh, they lose their jobs. So yeah, that was in a big uh, problem. So our people and my team. Uh, work on that time in lockdown to provide food to poor people. So thank you. No. Wow. wow. Thank you so much, Mr. Ikram. Thank you for the work that you've done and you're doing even at this time when the coronavirus has posed a lot of challenges in your country. Thank you so much. So any other panelists can please go ahead and answer the question. Thank you. Okay. Um, let, me, let me go ahead and answer. Uh, okay. Yes. So the work we do, uh, especially in promoting the, and disseminating information regarding SDGs under the SDGs, uh, Uganda SDGs Fellowship was... Uh, required mass gathering of people physically you know, in meeting. Uh, we could, you had town hall meetings to tell youth about what SDGs are, 
uh, how they align with what they do. And then we have one-on-one -on -one mentorship to, to, to scale someone through, to, to guide them and show them, you know what, what you do, this is how it relates to the SDG, for example, good health, because you are a nurse, for example. So when you are saving life, you are helping towards promoting yeah? uh, um, uh, good health and well-being. So please do what you do professionally with ethics, you know, with, you, uh, with a lot of humanity with you. Uh, and all that go through to all the other sectors, like if you are a farmer, how do you align yourself with the SDGs? Uh, you make sure our environment, you are taking care of it. Uh, like we, we make it to the basic level like that. It was on a physical basis. And then we could have town hall meetings of about a thousand youth, bring them together. Uh, if it's like in the city setting, for example, in Kampala, which is the capital city. And then we talk to them, you know, and tell, uh, take them through how they can align themselves, students from the university. So everything was about math gathering. But then when uh, the COVID-19 hit, and you know there was lockdown, you could not have any other. And then even thereafter, they restricted meetings of, even up to now, over 70 uh, people only. So even up to now, we cannot meet over up to over 70 people. So like, should we now, how are we going to do that work? So we had to go back to the drawing board at the Uganda SDGs Fellowship. How are we still going to deliver uh, our core objective, uh, but not compromising the risk of uh, spreading yeah, the COVID-19 uh, virus? So um, of course it posed us a challenge, but then we had to reinvent our work uh, and then make sure that uh, we innovate something which can still serve the same purpose but does not you know in a way uh, uh, uh bring us problems so we had to think through and then we concluded by having an online course you know of SDGs information so we had to sit down the code postcards uh, video recordings and all that and put them together as a course eh? because by that time almost everybody was online for some reason so it was so we're like let's go online but then we can't go online when you're not organized, so we need to organize ourselves. So we put together a course uh, 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 of teaching people what the SDGs are, uh, how they align themselves to the SDGs, uh, how I mean, how they, they contribute towards the achievement of SDGs. And then, of course, people need motivation to do whatever they do. So we do recognition, like after the course is done, you have um, a certificate of recognition that, you know what, now you know the basic information about SDGs, but also we could give them offers to take on other online courses, you know, maybe strategic leadership management, project management. So in a way, like we, we picked up, you know, slowly, slowly. So you can see how we moved from the, you know, the manual way of doing work to adjust to the new normal, but then still delivering the same objective of uh, making people, you know, youth especially uh, aware of, uh, what are these SDGs? So in a way, like it gave us an opportunity to innovate, you know, ourselves. We're in a comfort zone that we have arrived, <laughs> our mode of operation. So we had to reinvent ourselves and make sure that uh, we still serve the same purpose, but uh, in a different approach. So I think that is, that's what it posed to us. So uh, it was like a blessing in this guys, uh, I can say so like, much as this COVID-19 has brought us challenges, there are still opportunities to look up, look out for in the same space. So uh, I can say 
I, I will chip in again later, then you need to add on that uh, in the, our organization perspective and Ugandan perspective in particular, like, that is how we were able to, people had to try to make, find ways of moving products, which were physical, to kind of like have an online way, limiting like the, the meeting, physical meetings, but still delivering. Concerts moved online, there were no physical meetings, so the concerts all moved online. So people had to watch concerts on TVs, people had to be sent uh, concerts uh, like recorded and then you just follow through. So most of the work I can say moved online, uh, but then pro still delivering the same professionalism, the same quality, uh, the same content, even more actually. Uh, 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 but so that's what I can say in Ugandan perspective. So it gave us an opportunity to reinvent ourselves, change the mode of operation, deliver the same uh, service or even better work service uh, to the people we're serving, we serve in the Ugandan community and outside, but innovation really. So that's how we're able to navigate through. So and until now, up till the vaccination is all complete, that's when we shall see how to blend now the hybrid system of the service delivery. We have online service and physical service. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we, um, I like that you mentioned that we have to go back to the drawing board and reinvent because the corona posed so many challenges that um, what we had was no longer enough. So we had to find new ways to strategize. And as you said, you were. really, really help you do an amazing job by providing courses. So you mentioned that you did them. Now, new problems have to solve these problems. And so it made us creative. And um, the blessing in disguise here is that it has made so many countries innovative. We are now thinking more outside the box. And even from what Mr. Ikram also said, that in his own country, we are progressing gradually because they are finding ways to tackle these issues and they're becoming innovative because of the And you also mentioned that um, you're trying to resolve the problem without getting people infected because now that is the goal that we want to problem and also create new solutions without spreading the virus. So we are trying to work we are mindful of people's economic needs at the moment. So how we deliver these resources to them uh, without compromising also on the quality of the work they're doing. So thank you so much for sharing with us, um, Ikram and Mark, thank you so much. And so moving on, we have two other um, panelists. Um, okay, um, can, I, can I come in now? Yes, Ms. Deborah, please. You're on the floor, please. Okay. Um, one thing, one thing I, one thing that we all need to refactor with ourselves is if there are no challenges and if there are no problems, whether individually, whether in each region, whether in each country, then there would never be um, any reason why there should be a goal to solve them in the first place. There would never be 
anything that is being termed as whether the Millennium Development Goals or the Sustainable Development Goals. So, um, and, and life is so beautiful that in as much as opportunities keep coming up the same way we have to keep dealing with problems. Population increase would always be a problem if not being controlled well, would always be a problem, not just to any government, but also to the goals that we as individuals or as social actors would always face. Uh, well, for, for me and, and what I do, I lead a team of um, young people and we tag this before and beyond. And what we do basically is just to help people to become more self-aware. And, you know, in being self-aware, we've, in this journey, we've really realized that a lot of people don't, it's, 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 it's either they don't actually know how to align the goal to what they do, or they don't even know anything about the goals itself. And um, knowing, knowing well where this problem lies, we are, we are actually finding a way, or we've always find a way to bridge in the gap to help people to be more aware on how they can align it with their own career and all of that. Um, someone like a website designer would, would think that, how, how, what can I do? What, what, how can I come in to help in the, um, in the fulfillment of those goals and, and all of that? But then that, that is not so much of an issue because that is not so much of an issue because once they are aware, they always want to come on board, knowing that these are global goals and all of that. And for Africa, for Africa, we we are we are hopeful because this, this the goals are actually in alignment with the African Union agenda of 2063. Yeah, 2063. And we are just in we are just still in 2021. So we still have a very long time to go. But then um in achieving these goals, data plays a very, very, very important role. And actually, I believe it's one of the challenges that we face. Most of the, if you go online, most of the data you see are data ranging from 2016, which is actually the same time that the goals were introduced, to 2019. Yes, the whole of 2020 happens to have been covered with the whole of pandemic and mm-hmm. all of that. And all of that. And this is this is something that is, is actually posing a threat to how we can even go about in achieving the goals because we don't know what has been achieved over time in the last one year. We don't know how the strengths have been built. We don't know what area we've been able we've lapsed. You know, a lot of people the the pandemic happened to be that it really affected a lot of people, like the other person said the other time. And this is evident in every human sphere, not just by country. It is evident in every everyone's um, everyone's um, doing or whatever they engage engage themselves with. And this is something that is of a very major concern. Um, also, finances, or should I say sponsorship, yeah, financial investment uh, happens to be something that is actually a major challenge in affecting in, in achieving the SDGs, whether in Africa whether in Asia, whether whatever places, this is actually a very major goal. And deploying one thing I tag as the domestic resource mobilization strategies is something that's actually going to be a very, very um, advantage to anyone that is looking forward to achieving the SDGs. Now, when I, when I talk about the domestic mobilization, this is something that goes along with the SDG 17 goals which is actually something about partnership. There are some times that you don't know that as an individual, you can actually support whoever is 
um, you know, planning a project around SDGs, you can actually support them. Take, for example, there was a time I wanted to work on something very, very small, a small scale project. We wanted to work on re uh, making reusable pads. Um, we wanted to actually donate them to some so young, young people in a community. And, you know, reaching out to people. I, I got to have some friends on Facebook that were able to help me to say, okay, you know what, I can help you with this, I can help you with that. Then family and friends also opt in, like, okay, if you believe in this goal and you believe that this thing is something that can be achievable, because some people actually think that the goals are humongous and possibly cannot be achieved, whether even in the next 50 years. Some, some people actually believe this. But then little effort is what makes um, the result happen. Little drops of water is what makes the, the sea mighty. If these people would, if if you would make these people believe not just in yourself, and if people actually can see the result of what you're doing, that's one thing again. A lot of times as SDG actors, we tend to do a lot of projects and we don't know how to go about reporting them or telling telling their success stories or, or telling their impact stories because a lot of people that don't know about these SDGs would not be so concerned about it if they don't know how, how it's actually affecting them in return it's just like it's just like climate change a, a normal person or should i say an average person can just finish eating drop the nylon that he or she used to eat whatever they get from drop it on the floor not knowing that by by the time of the environment this nylon will come back and affect them if you don't if you don't go about communicating this this, the reason why if people don't join the goals now, if people don't partake in achieving the goals now, if people don't understand what they are standing to miss, if people don't understand what they stand to lose, if people don't understand what they stand to what they stand to lose out from, for, if not just even lose out from individually, but also as a, as, as a community, as a society, the benefits that achieving the SDGs can actually stand in for them. If people don't get to know, because this, this is not actually ignorance, if people don't get to know, or have the basic knowledge, then they would probably not even think that they're missing out on anything, and they would probably not even want to partake in achieving the goals. And I think this is where a lot of um, SDG actors need to come to play. Sometimes we actually need to, not even sometimes, a lot of times we actually need to go beyond, go beyond just um, celebrating what we did or how we how we did it. We're actually supposed to go go about. We're actually supposed to go about writing the success stories and telling and informing other young people on how they also need to come on board to achieve it in their own sphere. Because this is something that I believe that that's why the fact that the pandemic has actually affected a lot of things. Individuals and um, bodies can actually still come up and achieve some basic things as, as, as basic as things that would help other people. Take, for example, now, um, our speaker from Bangladesh actually talked about feeding other young people. Of course, the, the food he used to feed other young people didn't, didn't come from an international body, I want to believe. But then these are these are just help people helping each other in the community, identifying those in need, identifying the problems, and being able to solve them with what they can find domestically, but what they can what they can utilize among themselves. And this is one thing that is actually very very important to achieve the goals. Recently, I saw a POS stand. I don't know if most of us know what is called a POS. It's like a a small a small shop for people to go to receive their money and send money from, not necessarily through a bank. So usually what you get to see the shop made out from are just um, planks or wood or plastic covers or something. But then I saw this particular shop being made with banners and the banners, all over the banners were the, the goals of the sustainable development. And I was like, okay, wait, 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 what, what is this exactly? Like people went beyond the norm. People went beyond the regular to make more awareness on the SDGs. And basically, 
uh, a lot of young people are finding are actually in the midst of survival. And whether the pandemic happened or not, it is just the basic. Everyone wants to survive. Everybody wants to, um, you know, have a level of satisfactory, have a level of luxury. So they might not necessarily be concerned with the goals because it's not affecting them directly or they cannot see the ripple effect immediately. But then when, when, when more communication is being made, when more awareness are being made, it would actually really support a lot of things. Um, also, identifying opportunities. Um, a lot of us think that, but think, for example, here in Nigeria, a lot of um, a lot of state governments are still yet to, you know, find a framework or even create a framework that can actually bring down the SDGs from the international political level down to the national level or to the state level or even to the local level. Some of them are, don't even have offices for SDGs at all. Ugu State just created, I currently am in Ugu State, and Ugu State just created an, an office in SDGs. As a matter of fact, the wife of the governor is even championing the SDGs more than the government itself. This is, I won't say this is sad, and I won't say it is lovely, but then it's, it's, it's just, it just tells us that what the government, what the government plays priorities on right now is not really what the people want or what the people need. You can take, for example, now, I want to, I want to go. I want to go into the uh, appreciation level of the government now, especially when it comes to appreciating young people that deal with SDGs. The government would rather the government would rather um, support young people that are into entertainment. And when I mean entertainment now, I want to take for example Big Brother Niger. For some of us that know Big Brother Niger, I want to. I want to assume most of us don't know Big Brother Niger, but then it's a reality show. It's a reality show um, in Nigeria here. And most of the time, it doesn't really speak of good values and it doesn't really speak of um, good morals in the society. But then a lot of people kept um, engaging with it, especially during the lockdown, because the lockdown, you know, came and people didn't know what to watch or what they can engage themselves with. So now the government actually went as far as giving one of the winners of these reality shows. Yes, yes, Lekong. So the government, my government, the state government actually went as far as awarding Lekong um, about five million billion. I can't really remember the amount, but then the amount he gave him was way more than the amount he had given a serving teacher that had served for all his life. I mean, the amount he gave the teacher was so miserable compared to that amount. This is this this creates a, a level of inequality and even appreciation of people that are actually working towards global goals. Someone like someone like those teachers would probably <laughs> someone like those teachers would probably um, if you if you empower teachers like that they would probably work more towards es- establishing quality education. These people would probably work towards establishing more um, even creating the young leaders of tomorrow that would actually work towards um, the other goals like no poverty, like um, life on land, life on climate. But then when they are teachers as a student, I want to assume I'm a student now. If my teacher was not well regarded from the government. And that same teacher is the one teaching me about SDGs. There is no way I would want to find interest in it because the government is not even recognizing him in SDGs. He would rather celebrate someone that went to spend three months of his life enjoying his life, celebrate that person more than celebrating my, my teacher that's been teaching generations. That, that shows a level, of, a level of misplacement of priorities. Another thing that happens, especially on the government level, is the discontinuity of, of projects. I don't know if it's a party thing, but it, it happens a lot of time. APC will come in today, they will have these goals, 
in mind. And most times, these goals are actually in alignment with global goals. We can take, for example, that the goals that were on, on ground before were probably in alignment with the MDGs. As a matter of fact, in Nigeria, if I will be factual, I think on the government level, the, the MDGs were more, they were more regarded than the current SDGs. And I don't know if it should be a thing of pride or it should be a thing of shame. Really, the MDGs were more regarded and the SDGs are created on the success of the MDGs. So if the success of the SDGs were that, were that significant, then I think the SDGs should have been more pushed to the public. But then I think it's just a strategy for them to keep uh, amassing wealth for themselves and all of that. So there's a lot of challenges on social actors' part. There's a lot of challenges for people that might want to come up and say, okay, I want to partake in Exactly, exactly. Yes, yes, Max, you're very correct on that. So there'll, there'll be a lot of challenges, but then when the people that matters are not coming on board, it discourages young individuals that might want to come on board. It does. When people that are in, that are, that are in political power are not taking the SDGs up as priorities, it discourages and demotivates young people that want to come up and say, okay, yes, I want to start working in the SDGs. So it, it really does. So there's a lot of challenges, but then we as young people, we can be beyond the problem and going for the opportunities is going to be the success story at the end of the day and for the benefit mm. of humanity and for the whole of Africa. Thank you very much. Thank you so, so much. Wow. Wow. And even when you said that, that this continuity in projects, it's something that's even facing my country, Ghana, because then governments come and they bring their own projects on board they bring their own things on board and they stop doing what the previous government did which could have really advanced the country so i think that is also one huge challenge that we face here in ghana and we hope that uh, from all the insights that you have all shared it will really go a long way to for us to be able to achieve the sustainable development goals so thank you so much madam deborah thank you so much and thank you for the work you are doing now our thank final panelist mr alarm Please, if you're on the line, kindly, you have the floor. Please give us some of the challenges that, um, briefly, some of the challenges that the COVID-19 posed in your country, Bangladesh, and how you're scaling through with your organization and the work that you're you are doing. Thank you so much. You have the floor. Uh, thank you again for giving me the floor. Thank you. Uh, this COVID-19. Uh, actually, uh, we already we have shown that the world's richest country faces many many big problems like USA, like European Union, like UK, like uh, France. They have facing serious problems in COVID nineteen. In that case, like a developing country, Bangladesh, Pakistan, India. Uh, countries of uh, South Africa, countries of uh, other continent, that definitely faces uh, problems. Those greater than from USA, greater than from UK, greater than from France, Brazil, etc. etc. However, we have limited resources, we have limited experts, we have limited uh, PPE, we have limited fund, we have limited. Uh, research initiative, we have limited health workers, we have limited doctors. 
even though we have to try how we can save our nation, how we can save our people. The COVID-19 possesses a serious health and economic problem in a response for a highly dense populated country like Bangladesh and other countries. The government of Bangladesh has taken many initiatives such as diagnosis of suspected cases, quarantine, doubted people, isolation of infected patients, but these are not available. These resources are not so much to cover up the whole nation, everybody. Our lack of facilities for testing required number of suspected samples, scarcity of diagnostic kits, insufficient PPA, ICU, ventilators in the hospital, limited number of health workers along with the public awareness. I think this is a big issue, public awareness. When, uh, I have limited resources. I have no uh, instrument to tackle this problem. The main problem is uh, how I can save myself. As an individual, how we can save our nation, how we can save our neighbors, how we can save our workers. In that case, awareness is a big problem. In my uh, perspective, uh, the awareness in most people is very poor. If they take a little bit awareness themselves or myself, they can avoid the transmission of COVID-19. But uh, from my uh, project, from my organization, I will try to cover up uh, this issue, how uh, awareness can save our life, can save transmission of COVID-19. And we always, uh, by social uh, platform, by individual messages, by individual uh, Correspondings. We try to give the people, try to let the most uh, people how we can raise awareness. If awareness not built, we can't uh, save ourselves. Actually, a, a developing country like Bangladesh is not possible to uh, cover up the whole nation, the whole people of Bangladesh. Give the all type of facilities like. ICU, like ventilators, like PPE. People should some responsibilities along with government, how we can uh, work on this pressure, how we can uh, save our nation, how we can save our peoples, how we can help our workers. Our lack of facilities for testing required number of suspected samples. Therefore, the government should take all necessary action to address these challenges, ensure public health at the same time, the government also needs to use rapid detection kit for diagnosis of import PPE ventilators, ICU beds on an urgent basis to fight against lethal COVID-19. Moreover, it is needed to circulate the news and instruction continuously regarding COVID-19 increased public awareness. Along with the government, people also must need to maintain social distancing personal awareness, personal hygiene, self-quarantine to obey the rules of government and WHO. Like country Bangladesh, we have to follow all these rules, how we can uh, raise awareness, how we can help our people. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Max. Uh, Mr. Alam. Uh
thank you for sharing um, with us the work you're doing. And even with the pr personal protective um, equipment, I believe it's a challenge, it's a huge challenge even across Africa. And you mentioned in Bangladesh that it's one of the things that is really hindering your, the progress of your work. And so we really appreciate that you're trying to assist the people as much as you can by providing these PPEs, but we also call on everyone who has the resources to assist these countries as much as possible, especially crowded um, countries such as Bangladesh and also countries across Africa. So thank you so much for sharing the work that you do, and thank you for enlightening us on everything that is going on in Bangladesh. So at this point, I would like to thank all our esteemed panelists for the great job that you're all doing. Thank you all so much for spending the last two hours with us. We really, really appreciate your time, for taking time off your busy schedules and really coming to share with us um, your skills, your expertise, your wisdom, and really the great work that you are doing. We say thank you and we celebrate the work that you are doing. So finally, now we are out of time, but we'll quickly um, acknowledge the remaining 15 winners of TLA's 30 Under 30. So once again, thank you so much. I'll quickly share the screen and mention their names so that we can all go back to our activities. Thank you. Thank you so much to you. So if you're now joining us, we just rounded off with our second panel discussion where our esteemed panelists really gave us insights into the challenges that um, the COVID-19 has presented on the work that they are doing and the work that is going on in their country and how they are also providing great assistance or how they are also contributing greatly to helping um, solve these problems and really trying to create solutions to these problems. And so we say thank you to all of them. Thank you to them for um, gracing this platform and for sharing with us all the work that we are doing. So without much ado, I'll, I'll quickly announce the final 15 and um, we'll acknowledge these young people who are doing a great work. Mr. Wright Aranud, he is the country director for African Nations United. Mr. Olajide Ojeniyi, he is the founder and principal strategist for Jennings and Creations. Mr. Adediji Adioti, he is the executive director for the Lane Academy. Madame Anna Mafo, she is the founder and CEO of AgriDrone Agri Tech. Madame Sarah Nasaniel, she is the president and CEO of SNAT Foundation. Mr. Espoir Imburiti Sepa, he is an SDG contributor. Mr. Hansen J. Bleon, 
He is the co-founder of Campus Liberia. Madame Joy Indlovu, she is the founder of Wholeness Bliss. Mr. Jolis Bigirima, he is the executive director of Afro Maven. Madame Esther Agaja, she is the founder and president of Echo Diversified International. Mr. Samuel Suare, he is the founder and president and also student initiative for sustainable development goals. Mr. Bonface Okwero, he is a research assistant at Kibuye Market Waste Management. Mr. Olumide Gabriel, he is the inactive president for Bayero University. Madam Patricia Naginda, she is the founder and team leader at Climate Operations. So these are the faces of TLA's 30 under 30. These are the faces of the young ones or the youth who are contributing greatly to achieving the sustainable development goals in their various countries and in their various communities. We'd like to celebrate all of them and say thank you to them for the wonderful work that they're doing. And we hope that they'll continue to do this work. And even as they receive support and work together to achieve these goals. So thank you all so much for joining us. And so on a closing remark. Thank you so um, much. Thank you all so much. And I'll give the floor over to the host, our executive director to finally close the conference. Thank oh my you. God. Thank you so much. This is overwhelming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to have everyone here. Madam Ernestina Katayi from Ghana, the Executive National Director, TLA Ghana. Thank you so much for picking our time to be with us. It's Thank so you. much um, a privilege to have you on board. I'm so excited that you could put off through this program, regardless of the technical problems that we faced. I'm so excited to have you here. I want to especially thank um, everyone who came on board to spare the time, energy, and um, in fact, their data or internet connections were part of the section. Thank you so much. We, I, I didn't take this privilege for granted. I want to say thank you to um, Mr. Magubin. Sorry, I don't know. I'm going to have a very bad pronunciation with that from South Africa. Thank you. So I'm so excited. Madam Fatima in absentia, she left due to an issue with our connection also. Thank you for joining us. I'm so excited. I didn't take that for granted. I want to say thank you to Mr. Uh, Mr. Matt Amanu. Thank you for staying with us throughout the course of the section. Mr. Alam from Bangladesh. Thank you so much, sir. Mr. Uh, Ikram from Afghanistan. I'm so excited to have you. And um, I want to say thank you to everyone, who, everyone out there that is following us from Jam Radio Online. Thank you so much. I want to say thank you to the management and staff of Jam Radio Online. I'm so excited that you have to put us on live streaming. And thank God um, Facebook messed up with us and we could not go live on Facebook. But you've been an alternative for us. Thank you so much. I'm excited. I want to say thank you to my boss, <laughs> Madam Kate, um, Catherine Ruzel from the United Kingdom. She, she has quietly joined us from the beginning of the section. I'm, serving. I'm so excited to have you also. Thank you so much. I want to say thank you to um, the Director of Communications and PR who stood with us from the beginning of the end, Mr. Ayolua Olare. Thank you so much for having us. Um, the Director, Associate Director, Associate Executive Director, 
Administration, Ms. Adelaide Debera, thank you for joining us. Associate Executive Director, Ajani Kayode, I'm so excited to have you also. I want to say thank you to everyone listening to us. This is the first and the maiden edition of TLA International Conference. And next year, next edition is going to be more powerful and more super than this. I can bet that with you. So next year, we'll be bringing you more information and more details um, concerning this. And I, I just want to say thank you. And I hope that the next edition will be more um, overwhelming and more impactful than what we have for today. Then I want to say congratulations to all winners of the TLA SDG 30 under 30. We're celebrating 30 young Africans who had committed themselves to impact within the sphere of Africa under the ages of the Sustainable Development Goal. Um, it's our first year, and we hope that we're going to run this for the next 10 years. This is 2021 to 30, 2030. So for the next 10 years, annually from this conference, we'll be providing um, 30 young Africans contributing to the Sustainable Development Goal in Africa. And on this note, I want to say thank you to everyone out there who believes in this dream, every student of TLA, the staffs and um, the volunteers, everyone who has been part of the success of this um, event. I'm so grateful. Thank you. I want to say a special thank you to um, Olu Event from Cameroon. Thank you for standing with us and standing by us. To all sponsors, the Global Law Thinker Society, Youth Empowerment and Support Initiative, asabivote.com, um, yet today, Korea, Nigeria, um, Nelok Media, and a host of others. The Career Advancement Initiative Network. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I want to say a special thank you to Ms. Pastor Ms. Jo Rejoice Azuka and the media team, Mr. Yomidele. Thank you so much for coming through for us every time. We are so grateful and we didn't take that privilege for granted. And until we meet you again, I remain myself, Olali Konlatubosu. Thank you so much. No. Thank you. Sure. Thank you so much. So um, we'd like to um, inform you all that the conference has ended. And so we would like to um, leave you all to go on with your regular activities. And thank you so much for honoring our invitations. So until next time, and as uh, my executive director said, we shall be hosting this yearly and annually. And we hope that you'll be on board to also contribute greatly as you have today. So thank you all so much. Have a good day. Have a good evening. Have a good morning. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.